Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Outside, door, bumper, clear the 18. Best car I had here in a long time. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. Right with you. You're clear. Check the flag. You win. Oh, yeah! Woo! Hey everybody, I'm TJ Major, spotter of the 22 Cup car. Uh, joining me, as usual. Why are you looking at that sheet to say that? You forgot? Well, I was trying to figure out where um, to throw in the... I was trying to figure out where, where to throw in case he said Mike Davis had a big head before the show. So Yeah. Well, I just asked you wore this headset because they have a big head, whoever it was. I mean, I'm small. What if they I'm have... I'm going to stop talking now. I'm really sorry, So what sorry, headset Mike. number are you on? Four. Four. So whoever wears the number four headset, the other shows. Well, who was the guest last week? Maybe Dilner. Dilner's got a big head. Who was the guest last week? Was it Mike? I'm really sorry, Mike. Mike wears four. Who was the sorry, guest? Mike. You had a guest. No, they didn't. Have no, a guest. they. Yeah, they did. But they did. We had a guest. They had. Uh, are you arguing with the producer <laughs> of the show? They had Denny. That was two weeks ago. Was it? Okay. Brett Griffin, spotter, <laughs> moving along. <laughs> Jesus, we're gonna sit and argue about guests. Moving along, uh, triple duty this week. Got all three of my guys, Clint, Elliot, if he hadn't fired me yet, and uh, mm-hmm. Myatt Snyder. Be a fun weekend. Triple duties at Kentucky. Nothing better. Are you doing anything other than cup car this weekend? Truck. Yeah, no Xfinity. No. Lucky you. I know. At least it's night races. Um, and it's I'm better. Casey, by the way. Thanks for the introduction, guys. Oh, we forgot. We didn't even see you there. Well, you started talking. You could introduce well, yourself then. Lululemon pants on. Yeah. They're cozy. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I'd never I, heard of Lululemon. Really? Mm-mm. No, I Your guess mind it's is about thing. to be blown. I never heard of getting my feels until last year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I still haven't really figured that out. You I mean, should start using that as a phrase. You probably hit Mike Davis right in the feels. Like, I understand <laughs> it, but I still don't get it. Like, who can, Who started that? What? To get in my feels. Probably a 13-year-old. Yeah, probably. Didn't nah. Drake sing a song or something? I'm sure it so came. So a song did it? I'm, that was probably before Drake, We need Carson though. back on to explain that. I have no clue, to be honest. I've it, never been more yeah. puzzled. Probably a 13-year-old well, She's YouTuber. sitting here going, oh, got to get in my feels. And I'm thinking, your feels? You're pointing at your chest. My man. You're not really in my feels, but you're on my cable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Get off the cable. Sorry about the cable. Oh, all right. So how was Daytona, guys? I, I, I heard a shooting. In Daytona. What? Yeah. So the Xfinity oh, race. Why are you excited about this? You are. <laughs> the Xfinity race ends. Oh, we got pictures. <laughs> Did they miss you? <laughs> the Xfinity race ends. We all go to the Oyster Pub. It's probably 11, 11, 15 by the time we all get back, get showered, get there. 
uh, don't have to be at the track next day till 5.30 or whatever. So we go in, we sit down, we have a beer, have some oysters, have some wings, have some shrimp. About 1 o'clock, pop, 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 pop. I was like, man, that sounded a lot like a gunshot. Guy beside of me goes, there's like 10 spotters. Nah, that's fireworks. Fireworks. I said, that ain't no fireworks, buddy. So in comes this woman saying somebody's been shot. Well, guess what we all do? We all get on go outside to look. And we get outside, and there's two guys laying there. And what? both of them are shot, and both of them are bleeding. And I'm like, hey, I'm going back inside. And I go back inside. Cops show up. We go back outside again, and then by now you're like, it's time to, to leave this whole area. Yeah. And you had to walk through where they were pretty much to leave. So uh, another spotter was popping pictures of it. One of the spotters, I'm not going to say his name, I literally thought he was going to go over there and like start just stuffing, stuffing this guy's wounds to make it stop bleeding. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, now I have to know who this it was, is. Uh, it, was, it was crazy, though. I mean, I've never, I've never been in, in any area where anything other than fights break out. You know, we all went to college where people get in fights. Can't say that anymore. So, <laughs> yeah. apparently, Whole new a fight broke out. People started jumping in. And whoever shot, shot both guys that were fighting each other. So, what a great friend to have. He's coming Jeez. to help you, and then he shot you. Maybe it was just an innocent guy. The last like, report that I read on the fighting. internet yesterday was that they both made it through surgery. They were looking for a guy that fled in a white Kia. Well, that really narrows it down. Yeah. Well, that strip because your oyster pub isn't there like Razzles. That's what that's. And then what came there's like a strip club like right next to it. But Razzles is where the fight came out of. Was a what's club. that got to do with anything? People don't fight in shoe shows. Well, the area huh. is just. I mean, I've been there before. I've, been I've never Razzles. seen a fight in a shoe show. Have you? In a what shoe show? I've never been oh, to one. You but didn't no, listen. I you didn't listen to last year's episode. <laughs> no. Do you know why we call it a shoe show? No. Because they're only wearing shoes. Got it. So, the, so we don't really say strip club. I've never seen that a fight. Bad. I've never seen a fight in those, but I've never been to any. In the shoe show? <laughs> or strip clubs? Well, whole new level. <laughs> so the, apparently they got into a tiff and razzles. They got in a fight outside. And then they both got shot by their buddy. One of the razzles buddies. is not the Bummer. shoe show. No. No. Razzles is just a club. Yeah. I'm too old for clubs these days. Anyway, that's what my Daytona was like, other than the racing. Yeah, how was the racing? It was, uh, it was good. Racing was good. I don't know what lap that happened on, but... It was pretty early. Yeah, so you didn't have an Xfinity car? No. So you did, you spotted like eight laps and went home? Uh, <laughs> well, at about 15 on to whatever we did in the race, and that's right. about it, yeah. Before we dive into the show, to be just very honest with you, and Clint brought this to my attention... It's somewhat painful to know that we go down there and, and work for three days. You know, the first two days you run a grand total of 10 laps. Mm -hmm. By the time you do the practice thing, which nobody wants to practice, they want to tear their car up, qualifying thing, you know, you go out there and run two laps. But the amount of time and effort that is put into these cars to go down there and just completely destroy them, oh, like in looking at the all-star package that all these guys have been talking about, debating about, it, it just makes me say even more, like, we can't do that every week. I mean, we, we physically and, and financially, Penske lost every single race car. Stuart Haas lost every single race car. So now Ford is going to have to, you know, open up all this one tunnel time for us to build new play cars. Like, I just want fans to realize I love that style of racing. TJ loves that style of racing. We can't do it every week. But I can't imagine how exhausting those guys have to feel knowing that, they literally just lost their whole fleet of plate cars. You know, it's insane. There's producer Josh. 
He needs wow. to be a guest sometime well, for a segment. It is 9.35. And he's, he's just, just he's right on time. <laughs> Welcome to work, right Josh. Right on time. Yeah. So anyway, I, I just want fans to realize, man, it's, it's crazy, right? <clears throat> it's been like that. It was even worse five, six years ago whenever you would go down there and test for, you know, for like the 500 or you get down there and test for three days straight. You, you're three days straight of qualifying runs. And they worked on these cars even more, like harder. Not that they don't now, but they there was even more time on one car back then uh, to, to still to go down there and and um, have all that time into the car and to get down there and and get wrecked like that. Like that's what you know. I think it bothers all of us. You know that's why a lot of us sit in the industry and spotter wise, driver wise, us crew wise. That's why you get upset. You got all this time and effort into these cars, and for somebody to. You know, for for somebody to and to make a careless decision, like in my opinion, what was made? Um, Which one? Ah, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> did you see Kurt Busch's tweet? Yeah. Hashtag Stenhouse DD. Stenhouse yeah. Demolition Derby. He was yeah. blasting. There were a lot of people. Wood Brothers was like, "Well, Stenhouse is going to win this race one way or another." How about another? Ralph saying has <laughs> blocked <laughs> notific- <laughs> muted notifications? notifications. <laughs> yeah, Jackson. <laughs> Uh, there was some that I can't tell y'all. I got memes of yesterday. God, oh, yeah, hilarious. He sent a few. Yeah. Was and that I, not hysterical? Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, feel so bad for I honestly thought Dell Jr. tweeted something very summed it up. Did you see what he said? No, what he say? Like he said, really, felt really bad, you know, and for Ricky. Yeah. Well, he said, uh, I forget. It was like basically he knows he regrets it and has you know has to learn from it and has probably which ones he regret. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> All of the above. But, I mean, but there has to be some sort of like. I highly doubt he intentionally tried to do certain things that it was just in I the moment, maybe. But here's the deal: that we all, we all see it. We know it. We could have told you what we thought going into this weekend. That would have been one of our pits. We we all for we all predicted this to kind of happen. You could see it building over the last handful of plate races. Um, some success was had, which, you know, which and, adds more pressure. Which adds more pressure. Um, probably doesn't have a great shot at a mile and a half win or something like that. So that's, that's even more pressure gets to this place and, um, has quite a bit of confidence, which is fine, but you know, it's not, it's kind of, um, you just can't go out there and bowling ball. You, you can't go out there and do that. And it showed at the Daytona 500 in the qualifying race. Like, uh, I think he, Think they had a little problem with the 24 for no reason at a point in time. Uh, I got into a guy in the back who missed the Daytona 500 because he got, for what reason was that? Um, and now, you know, there's just a lot of, and that accident could have happened to anybody. The first big one could have happened to really anybody, the way that transpired, the way it, way it popped up, um, just the way, you know, the block happened so quick. Um, he was so close to the two car. That could have been anybody. That could have been his car, my car, and the as quick as he had to check up, it was uh, could have been anybody there. But you know, as I'm getting to the airport, I, I see another one, and I'm like, that's <laughs> that's pretty, so uncalled for. Like and another one, and another one. Uh, what like and another what one. Is, like? There's no reason to hit somebody in a left rear quarter panel in the middle of the corner like that. To, to side drafting, I'm like, whoa, what's going? What are you doing? So, um, but there were a lot of. Uh, I think their two spotters were uh they weren't hugging it out after that. They were screaming at each other. Oh yeah? Oh which two? I don't think the, I've ever heard anybody scream as loud as they were screaming. The eighteen? The eighteen and the seventeen. Really? Screaming. They they were with me the night before too and they heard the shooting. Oh. Yeah. Wow. And so they're buddies. I mean it's not like they don't like each other. Yeah. 
They're but, two of the bigger guys in racing in terms of they go to every single race they can go to. Like, we'll work all day, 10-hour day, yeah. and there's a race two hours away. Those guys will drive to the race to watch a race, you know? Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're both great dudes, but they had a difference in opinion on kind of what happened, and they are screaming at each other. Mm-hmm. I told them, oh, calm yeah. down, take a deep what breath. What was said? You being the mediator? Well, I couldn't really hear because they were both screaming, and I had those big headphones on. But I just told them to take a deep breath, calm down. And then I, I actually said, Herm, if you cause one more wreck, I think I have a chance to win. Because my, <laughs> my car at that point was torn you guys up. You did have a good shot. And Herm put a smile on his face, and hopefully that cheered him up. He felt better. I love yeah. both those guys. So, And they're not driving the cars either, though. But no, It's not like Herm was like, wreck no. him. You know? But it's one place that spotters have a big influence on it. So you feel like... Well, the problem is, and, and it's because we've been asked to do this, is we have to communicate the gap in front of the car, mm-hmm. in front of ours. So in Ricky's situation, you know, he's already really close to the two. The two is really close to the 24. The 24 is making a really late block. The 24 spotter tabs had a lot of success at plate tracks. We know he knows how to spot those things. But when you look at how it all played out, like... The 17 and the guy behind the 17 hitting him. Like, that's why we have to give them the gap in front of the car in front of them. And I'll be honest with you, it's exhausting. It's a, it, and, and I'm not fussing about our job, but it just, you're having to watch behind, try to find the run, look in front, try not to run over that guy, and then turn around and look and say, do we need to change lanes to get more momentum? So it, it's just changed it. When you, you can't look at three things at once. I don't care how good you are. And then when you're looking at out back, you can't look out front. And when you're in the front like that, you really feel like you got to look out back more. So it's just a lot for a spotter to manage. And, and I do think that, that probably William, Brad, and Stenhouse all played a small role in, in ultimately that, that particular act. Because William blocked late. Brad let him in. He didn't have to. He could have said, hey, dude, I'm I'm done. I'm not lifting. When he lifted, then it was, oh, God, here we yeah. go. Yeah, I mean, it, if anything, Brad's the least to blame out of it, though. I mean, he was just making a move. He's making a move to, you know, try to attempt to pass. And, and he drives for Penske, and you got to say that. Well, he got – I mean, he did the right – I think he did the right thing it. by no, lifting. I, I, I mean, you it. can't run over a guy like that at that point in a race. I'd be pretty disappointed. But it's um, also hard not to because you, it is. you run the risk of getting run over yourself and if that's you're what too happens. nice. Yeah. I mean, I guess you should. I guess I'd look in the mirror and see that, and I'd probably wouldn't lift either at that point. I mean, you're going to get probably hit. So I want to know uh, what your take was on on the whole Justin Haley deal, especially with your your finish. We're just going spot on, spot off. Looks like oh, Oh, is it in there? We're stealing all the topics. No, it's not really. Let's just go spot on, spot off. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So we just basically just covered this. Now we just need to hit the winner part of it. Yeah. Should I just skip to it? No, I'm just So kidding. what about Eric Jones winning? Yeah. Big Spot. success or is it, I mean. Is CJ our new co-host here? Well, you're, you're failing. <laughs> I was just asking about the finish with him. He he said if Elliot hadn't fired him yet, I want to know more. Yeah. She was doing her job. Rude. No. <laughs> yeah, he's good. You, put, right. you made the producer mad. You said you're stealing all the spot well, on, spot off topics. I'm sorry. I missed it. Paying okay. attention's spot free. Spot on, spot off. TJ. Eric Jones wins Crashfield plate race. Uh, I mean, spot on. Someone's got to win. I mean, there's a winner. Um, but how many laps did he lead before that? <laughs> I'll look it up. I don't think it's many. Not many. Yeah. I don't think it's many. Single digits. Uh, yeah. So I don't know, man. It, it's. Yeah, I looked at the. So I went back and looked at the. I looked at the restart, and I looked at the cars up there, and I was like, mm. "One lap." 
Last yep. lap. That's what yeah. I thought you were going to say. Guess what happened in February? How many laps did Austin Hill lead? Probably just one. Last lap. He, he yeah. led a quarter mile. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it's it doesn't prove anything to me that you're you're. This doesn't put you any higher on the plate racer scale to me. It doesn't do anything like that. Um, but he survived the race. Drove a good race. Um, congrats to, to him and, you know, Corelli spotter, um, they got it done. So a lot of these things, they're not the fastest car. They're not the guy that makes the best moves. Just survival. This one turned into a survival race and he won that race. So I I'm spot on for anybody who gets their first win. You know, it's obviously a, a big deal for, for him, his team, his company. Here's a guy that kind of kicked Matt Kenseth to the curb, you know, and, and when you bring in a guy to replace Matt Kenseth, he better win races. So. Uh, it's fortunate for them guys that, that that's the case. He's winning races. I'm with TJ, though. You know, if, if all the Stuart Haas cars are out there, all the Penske cars are out there, you know, he, he didn't have to beat a lot of fast cars. It really reminds me of the Daytona 500 that uh, David Reagan gave away when he didn't have yeah. to. He he was sitting there, and all he had to do was take the green and stay in line to start finish. He was the best car in that six UPS car by a lot, and he changed lanes too soon, and he was put to the back of the field. And then it was only Trevor Bain and Carl Edwards left up there to win the Daytona 500. Trevor Bain came through with a win, made a great move to do that. But I think what we're seeing in, in these plate races at Daytona, for whatever reason, maybe because it's so narrow, is survive, 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 and you can win. I you know, I was pulling emotionally and personally pulling after everybody had, had wrecked out. I was really wanting to see Casey Kane win that race for a lot of reasons. I'm friends with a spotter, Doug. I actually walked down there and gave him some advice based on what I've seen in the past 20 years watching plate races, and, and I wanted to see those guys win because I knew they weren't in a car. They weren't in a car as good as Eric Jones. I mean, you can say what you want to say. I'm telling you right now, it hadn't been in the wind tunnels much, probably didn't have as much horsepower. Casey's obviously been a, a great plate racer. Uh, that's the guy I was personally pulling for, but it's a, it's a, it's a great for the sport. I mean, I, I looked on Twitter. I think the guy has like 50,000 followers. So I hope that at least doubles from a, from a plate win. Maybe I was looking at the wrong Eric Jones. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It, like 2014 Daytona 500. We're coming to a green white checker in our mirror. Jeff Gordon, uh, Kyle Bush, Brad, um, Danny. You're like, man, this is stacked. Serious business right here. It's and stacked. It just didn't have that feel to me. Like I'm looking back there, like, dang, I wish I was up there. Yeah. We could have, we could have dominated that thing. But uh, you know, congratulations to you know him and and uh, Corelli the spotter on their first win. Yeah, it's cool. He's been running good lately too. He's had a chance. To, I mean, he had a chance to win Bristol last year. He's he, but the last he, month, the last month he's been running. I think he's run top Five, seven or eight. Ten, if he's yeah. been right in that area, like, yeah. he's been chipping away at it. So, yeah. agree. Kozlowski says he needs to wreck more people to teach them not to throw bad blocks. Uh, Brett, spot on, spot off. Man, I, I, Tony Stewart said he was sick of people blocking him, and he started running <laughs> over them. Um, unfortunately, in NASCAR, for competitors, it's part of the game. Fortunately, for fans, it is part of the game. You know, when you look at F1 – They'll penalize you for blocking. They'll put you to the rear. I think it's great entertainment for our fans. I think it adds a very unique element. I think it's what really makes stock car racing more exciting than a lot of other forms of racing. And I think these guys just have to figure it out. I mean, the thing is, if Brad does do this, people won't block him because they won't want to run the risk. They know who they can block and who they can't block. I mean, I've yeah. seen a lot of nice guys in this sport that can't win races because they're too nice. I mean, when I watch, and, and I'm not going to call out anybody, but there's a lot of drivers in this series that like have won a lot of races <laughs> that are very, very selfish people. 
They only worry about themselves. They only worry about themselves 99% of the time. And they're always take, 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 take. And they want you to give to help them take. So it seems like a lot of times those are the guys that win the most races around here for some reason. Yeah, I don't. I think that was a. I think it's a little early in the race to probably drive through somebody that's blocking like that, especially somebody Williams probably learning still a little bit up there. Um, I think it's a little early for that, but like, uh, like I mean, I, if you feel like you're getting blocked a lot and taken advantage of, there's one way to fix it. Yeah. I think Brad's been wrecking a lot more than he's used to wrecking at these plate tracks too. I mean, here's a guy that's very, very, very good at plate racing, obviously yeah. some really good equipment at plate tracks and probably really frustrated that he can't even get a chance to finish these races. I'm guessing. I mean, it builds up when you, this point of the year, I wouldn't, I'm not sure I would have paid him not to have a win yet. Um, no, definitely not. So it's probably, and it gets frustrating at times, but you know, when you do cut somebody a break and then you get run over, I can see I would really make him mad really quick. I mean, uh, obviously the guy in the back shows he's not going to, He's not lifting. Yeah. And we knew that anyway. So you got three winners this year that have won one race and it's all plate races. Everybody else yeah. has won multiple races. I don't recall this happening uh, this far into a season in terms of the way the wins are being distributed. It's kind of weird. Be interesting to see what happens at Kentucky. NASCAR's yellow line call on Justin Haley coming to the finish of the Xfinity race. Spot uh, on, spot off. TJ. Uh, man, I'm going spot on. You make a roll, you stick with it. I mean, they give the guy. There's three there's three things that go with the yellow line roll. Were you forced? Uh did you go you know, did you go below it? Did you advance your position? And that that move checked all the boxes, you know, or that he wasn't forced, had plenty of room. Um made a great move. I mean, awesome. Oh, amazing. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, he made super a, he awesome. made a he made a Dale Earnhardt move. I he mean. made a and I wish I wish for his sake that just that he didn't drive down there because he didn't need to. Um, you know, that it was awesome. I mean, I thought, great move. You should have won the race. You were going to do it anyway without the yellow line. Uh, you know, you didn't need that You didn't need that advantage. Or, um, that advantage didn't even really help you. But the problem is, if you don't penalize it now, what happens if that becomes a huge mistake if you don't penalize it? He clearly drove below it. Um you know, his interview after the race, he was like, I wish they'd tell us how far you can go below the line. Well, you can't. You know, you can't go down there. So, I, I'm I'm with, uh, I think NASCAR nailed it on it. You know, look, they didn't want to do I'm sure they didn't want to do it. No, they don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. But they, if you don't, that, that it's a huge can of worms. And everyone, you know, everyone wanted the feel-good win with, you know, Justin Haley making the big move. and But he messed up. He made the mistake. And that's it. TJ hit all the points. I think the biggest struggle for, for drivers is if you let him get away with this, then you wonder at what point in the race is, are they going to let it fly? Is it one to go? Is it two to go? Is it three to go? When can we do it and get away with it? This guy broke the rule. We all know the rule. There's an invisible plane there. If you break it and do those things TJ said, you're out of bounds. And if you're out of bounds, it's not a catch. So, like, man, the saddest part was he didn't need to even get closely remotely no. below yeah. the yellow line. All he had to do was just go. I think he's so caught up in truck racing, and, and those guys are so big on side drafting, and they can sell your momentum so much that he was worried Elliott was going to pull back down and side draft him. But he had such a run, it really wouldn't have mattered. I mean, he had no. such a run, he cleared both those cars. And, yeah, he was and, gone. You know, I saw the gap on the top lane. It was three car lengths from uh, Larson to Haley. 
coming out of four. We had kind of lost Blaney, not literally lost him, but he was not right up our butt pushing hard. So I knew that outside line was going to come back, and I thought when they got there, it would get to Larson and just shoot the whole top row by us, and we were going to be dead in the water and run third or fourth. And that kid got there. I had no idea he was clear. And holy cow, when he hung that left, I was like, oh, God, he's going to hit me in the right rear, and I'm going head on in the wall, and I'm taking out the leader. Oh, God, he's clear. Oh, God, he went below the yellow line. Like, all these things are playing out in milliseconds. And I was blown away that that kid made that move. Yeah, it was a heck of a move, man. Everything happened at the right time for him to have that move. And he did everything right to get to where he needed to do to win the race, except for um, yeah. as soon as he turned inside Elliott, Elliott moved about a foot to the left. And that's all Elliott moved. And he reacted off that. You can see Elliott moving. He's just like, he goes down a little further. It's like he thought Elliott was going to come down. Yeah. But you're already there, man. I mean, you have the you were going to clear him. There's no way you were side drafting that slowing it down. I'm sure there's a lot of debate about the line and whether it needs to be there or not be there. I just want to tell you, you know, as a fan uh, of the sport and any sport, I don't want to see the line as a fan. I, I Man, I, I'm all for it. When you throw the green, I want you to do all you can do until the checker flag to try to advance your position, win the race, and put on a show. As a competitor, and obviously I live as a competitor in this sport currently, I'm not a fan. I love the rule, and I love the rule because when, when people go below that yellow line, it can create a lot of really dangerous situations for guys yeah. that we need to be a part of our sport, guys we need to keep healthy, crew guys that don't need to be working 100 more hours to fix race cars. So I, I know that everybody listening, I'm on your side if I'm not in this sport. But as a guy in this sport, please keep the line. Please keep the rule. And, and, and it's to prevent – Things like what happened to Austin Dillon at Daytona a few years ago. I mean, I've seen Tony Stewart shoot down on the apron and be 45 degrees sideways and somehow save it, come up on the banking and nobody touch him. But we've also seen guys go below that yellow line, and when they come back up, it is a very large yeah. wreck. There's nothing good about it, especially on the front stretch where it's curved. Once they, If they get clipped or something, there's one way they're heading. They're going to get up in the air, and they're going to head towards the grandstands. And we don't – and down the back stretch – I can't even imagine how low we would run somebody oh. getting into three or whatever. I mean, uh, so to me, we need we need an out of bounds. You know, the re there would normally be a wall there. You know, at a regular track, you have a short track, something you have walls and stuff like that. And normally, a wall is a limit, but we can't be down there that low. And um, you know, I, I think I think everything was called right here. We now know don't go below the line. There's not it's not usable racetrack safely. So it, it was another example for me. Uh, in the Xfinity series that those guys can go out at a plate track and, and put on a better show than the cup guys. I think we've seen that a lot the last yeah. few years, you know, not every plate race weekend, but a lot of plate races, uh, you know, the, the Talladega's Daytona's, I think the Xfinity series puts on a phenomenal show. And, and it says a lot to, you know, there are veterans in that series, obviously like Elliot and Justin and, you know, this weekend chase and Blaney and those guys, but there's a lot of young guys out there too. And before you start the race, you look at that field and you go, Oh, this could be really, really bad, but it's not for some way. Those guys are figuring out how to go out there and put on a show without tearing up 40 cars. We need, maybe the cup guys need to start watching that race and take a few pointers from them, you know? Well, they have a couple, they have some wrecks every now and then, but they they do put on a good show. They do a good job. On that point, Spencer Gallagher's post Xfinity race tweet. Um, and I'll repeat this. I'll, I guess you all know Spencer. So, you know, his personality, <laughs> um, look, you Barney Fife's, had sacks can quote the rules to me all night long but here's a fact 
a 19-year-old kid made an incredible move to win his first race on racing's biggest stage, and it got taken away over six inches of asphalt. If that doesn't strike you as wrong, then check your head. <laughs> Spot on for having kahunas. Yeah. I mean, that's massive kahunas. Yeah. That's uh, spot on for uh, hitting send. <laughs> spot on for the entertainment yes. bag. When I read it, I started laughing. And then I was like, spot on for social media. And then I was like, I'm not sure what a sad sack is. And then we'll uh, get here and Casey and Jason don't even know who Barney Fife is. That's true. Have no clue. Well, it was before Play the Andy Griffith we were... theme song. Cue it up over there. I mean, Google I know it. him. Google it. Do like... you not know it? No. Did it do... That's how you know who Barney Fife is. Your kids grew up in the wrong era, and I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> man, here's a guy that that's coming back from suspension. It's whistling too, by the way. It's not. Yeah, it's not his. Yeah, I can't whistle that well. But here's a guy coming back from suspension. A lot of positives, hopefully, coming into his life. And then he puts this out there. I couldn't help but laugh, but but people need to realize this. That was one of his team's cars. That was a GMS car. There's a lot of emotion, that, that things that come over you. There's it, Within any sport, there's a lot of calls that you see get made that you agree with and a lot you disagree with. And if it's against your team, you're pretty much always going to disagree with it. I mean, TJ will tell you, when you put your headset on, you really only care about your car for the next four hours. You know, you want to – you don't want to screw anybody over by any means from a competition standpoint, a sportsmanship standpoint, but you only really care about your car. When NASCAR makes a call and you don't agree with it, you lose your mind. So I think that's just what happened here. You? Uh, I mean, he was just probably, probably should have waited a day before he tweeted, but, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, if his car gets passed from somebody below the line and they win the race, I think he's the opposite way. So, I mean, it, it's rolls or rolls, man. If you don't, that's how it happened. GMS could have won two plate races this year had that guy not gone blow the yellow line. All right, let's take a break. This is your Exalta Race Center update. I'm Matthew Dillner. At Daytona International Speedway, the sparks flew, the carnage grew, and the driver to visit Cup Series victory lane was, well, new. Eric Jones rebounded from damage in a lap 65 incident and held off veteran Martin Truex Jr. to grab his first career cup win. In Xfinity Series action at Daytona, a daring last lap move by rookie Justin Haley had his number 24 crossing the finish line first. But wait, NASCAR ruled that his car went out of bounds during the process, handing the win to Cup Series regular Kyle Larson. Larson edged Junior Motorsports driver Elliott Sadler at the line by five thousandths of a second to score the win. This week, the Truck, Xfinity, and Cup Series will get their giddy-up on at Kentucky Speedway for a Thursday, Friday, Saturday triple header. The Junior Motorsports late model team will hit the high banks of Kingsport Speedway on Saturday night for a 125-lapper at the Tennessee Bullring. This has been your Exalta Race Center update. Exalta is the official paint partner of NASCAR, developing, manufacturing, and supplying coatings to all types of vehicles and industrial applications. For more on Exalta, please visit ExaltaCS.com. At One Main Financial, we believe in the importance of community. That means partnering with our neighbors to reach common goals, lending a hand when it matters most, and commitment to our neighborhoods. Community isn't just where you are. It's where you make a difference. One Main Financial, not just in the neighborhood, but part of your community. Providing personal loan solutions and one-on-one local service. 
One Main Financial. Your needs, your goals, your dreams. Offer subject to restrictions and requirements of the licensee. For licensing information, visit our website or call us. All right, guys, we're back. I guess you've been back. Um, let's head into Fastlane. I'll give these guys 30 seconds to answer each of these questions. Um, first one, ISC President John Saunders said the lack of star power has impacted attendance numbers so far this season and that younger drivers winning the races would help. Do you think NASCAR has a lack of star power? You know, that really surprised me the way the media jumped on the line about the young drivers and not the first part of that. I mean, producer Jason's obviously come up with this question. Do you think NASCAR has a lack of star power? No, I, I don't. I think we have a lot of stars. I think all these guys in their own right are stars. I think team owners that employ them are employing stars. I think sponsors that are sponsoring them are sponsoring stars. And I think it's pretty ludicrous for this guy to make this comment about we need more star power. I mean, we did just lose our biggest name in the sport with Dale Jr. retiring, but we still have a seven-time champion out there racing, who, oh, by the way, is tied for the most championships in NASCAR history. So I think our stars are there. I think uh, he was on a, on a conference call, an earnings call, and he was reaching, and I think he reached in a wrong, rec- wrong direction. I don't think we have a lack of star power. I think I think we have a, um, I think we could use more winners. I think it could be you have some really good drivers and some really fast cars, and they happen to be guys that have been around a while, you know, and um, and they're really good, too. You know, they're great drivers, so you put great drivers in really good stuff. Um, but it would be, I think it would be definitely, I definitely think it would help to have more different winners. I do agree with the different winners part, but I remember somebody submitted a question that said, like, how the person lived in that state or the city of the race that was coming up. And they're like, I didn't even know there was a race going on. So for ISC, you know, I feel like a track standpoint should be doing more to bring more attendance. Yeah, we talked about that. You know, TJ's talking about race winners. Last year, we had tons of new race winners, different race winners. We had, you know, double-digit race winners. And I think if that were so important that ratings would be up, 15% 15% this year instead of on a slight decline. So again, if I'm a driver and I put a helmet on and I'm in the top three series, my feelings are probably hurt over this statement. I'm not a driver. I'm a spotter. So I don't, you know, I manage a driver uh, and have managed multiple drivers at some points in my career. Uh, it's just hurtful. You know, that, that the top of, of, of a huge discipline within our sport would, would say we lack star power because I don't see it that way. Given Dale Jr.'s plate racing ex- expertise, do you think his drafting analysis in the booth will give away tips and secrets that teams can use to improve their performance at Daytona and Talladega? TJ. Um, well, I, this is coming from the tweet that I wrote back to him because I was actually watching the broadcast from uh, for the Xfinity race. Are you home yet? No. <laughs> uh, from the Xfinity race, I was watching it and. He does a very good job of describing what we're looking at um, more so than, and I haven't watched a lot of broadcasts like that, but I feel it's more so than he has, he is very good at plate racing and he's giving you his insight on what he's looking for. Um, And, you know, it's, it's a totally different, it'll, it could maybe help a little bit, but it's different when he'll tell you, when you go up there, you got to be able to spot out the front and back at the same time and find out where these, and it's, it's, it's not easy. And there's honestly, there's, there are, I don't listen to a lot of guys, but there's some that stand out that when you get to these places with info and how their drivers can use it. And Dale Jr. is a top three plate racer in NASCAR history, period. You won't convince me otherwise. 
and, and I see a lot of really good feedback from guys who watch football and, and describe how Tony Romo tells you what's about to play before the snap. And I feel like that's what probably Dell Jr. is giving you is some of that huge, huge, huge plate insight. And, and for this to even be a question says that to me, and I, I didn't hear the commentary, but to me it just says that he's doing a phenomenal job of painting the picture for these fans of what's going through these drivers' heads. Yeah, he was describing, you know, okay, this guy needs to side draft this guy now. This guy needs – and it's like, dude, you got to be quiet. <laughs> um, no, he was doing a great – they were – they were. I thought the broadcast was great. It, it was kind of – it was very similar to the Tony Romo thing where, I mean, Romo lineup, <laughs> you'd be watching – what was it, Monday Night Football he was doing? Mm-hmm. You'd line up and he's like, yeah, this is run to the left. And you're like, dang, look at this guy. Um, and I like it. I thought it was pretty cool. It gives me something to look for during the plays, you know, and – um, but Del Jr. is doing a really good job of describing what guys needed to do. Uh, but there's a difference in describing it and actually wording it and giving your driver useful information. I mean, he knows that. But uh, My only question to him would be, as good as you were at it, and look, I know the guy had some, some bad concussions and stuff, but as good as you were at it, as good as you are at describing it, do you miss putting that helmet on and going out there and actually doing that? Yeah. Because. I don't know if he says yes because he's so good at it or if he says, no, I really don't because he realized the risk. Like, I wonder which one wins in that question. I mean, after la- after the other night, I know which one probably wins. He's <laughs> <laughs> probably like, I am so glad I'm done with yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that wreck happened for the lead. Yeah. So where, where are you safe? Nowhere. Mm. You can't hide. <laughs> He'll find you. That's creepy. <laughs> I see dead people. <laughs> All right, it's now been two years since Kentucky repaved its surface. Do you expect the racing group to widen out this weekend? <laughs> I don't know if we should use this question. No, I, I really, Casey, I really don't. You know, I, I, I think they're running the tire dragon there. Uh, uh, they're running it right around the bottom, maybe bottom and a half lane. Ooh, um, can't wait. <laughs> hey, we have, we've already said hey, it. We don't like repaves. We know what we're doing. Isn't that that place? Yeah. Yeah, that, they were the ones last year. So last year, <laughs> Is there a secret we're not aware of. No, no, no. They ran the bottom in when it doesn't make sense to run the bottom in and with some, the tire dragon. Some people started, you know, questioning it. Like, why did you run the bottom line? And we're just going to run single file down there. That's where all the grip is. Run it up some so we can move up. And the track president replied, "We know what we're doing." Two drivers. Drivers were saying, "We, you know, whatever." Drivers have been saying, "You're screwing up." do this and track president said we know what we're doing well they're doing the same thing again so i don't know i mean the good news is we have three series going and i felt like the trucks put on a phenomenal show at vegas so i hope that that the trucks can widen that groove out xfinity can widen it out because the cup cars need it to be widened out for them to be able to put on, on a race when you saw chicago we have multiple grooves when in, in Xfinity series, for whatever reason, we can we can tend to put on a good show despite the fact that we're in the throttle so much. But the Cup cars are going so much faster; they're they're going too fast to pass. It's crazy. They need to spend like 350 days running the middle and top in with the tire dragon. Yeah, and then the rest of the time maybe just dust off the bottom. <laughs> yeah, Kentucky. Yeah. Oh, Kentucky! You guys sound thrilled. I I want to love it. Because I, lo- I love the people in Kentucky. It's in that actually area. not a bad shaped racetrack. We just need to be able to move. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not a bad racetrack. We used to be able to move around in three and four. And, and they really, repaved it, though. Yeah, and then they repaved it and it got terrible. 
the repavement. And it was because the front stretch was like a supercross track. I mean, you could literally see the cars. When we can see the cars, <laughs> when spotters see the cars bouncing, it's big. Yeah, real so, big. Like, I thought they needed mouthpieces in. They yes, were so and uh, some people actually talked about doing that. Um, we tried to pass Denny Hamlin one time there, and we jumped so high that we almost wrecked trying to pass him. It was that bad. But um, I feel like you could have repaid for that part of the racetrack and left the rest of it, and it would have made no difference. You know, because who cares if you repaid the trial? Is that going to matter? No. Yeah. No, fix the bumps over there. But the corners had character, and you could move, and it was pretty awesome. So it's just so hard to move. If you get up, if you get a lane out of the groove right now, you're going way up the racetrack, and it's just hard. I mean, it's this place. It really- this place fought so hard. The state of Kentucky, you know, obviously SMI fought so hard to get a cup race there, and it's worked hard to make it great. And it's worked hard. You know, obviously those people that are there are working hard to to promote it, and make it great, and. It's just challenge when your track surface is one groove, you know. We're seeing the same thing in Michigan. Michigan's a phenomenal racetrack with a bad surface. In time, we'll get better. We'll see. Off the wall topic. An island near New York City is now home to the ultimate glamping, which is glamorous camping experience, featuring chef-prepared meals, full electricity, and air-conditioned tents. Do you consider glamping real camping? TJ. Uh, no. I mean, camping to me is um, getting a tent or having a camper um, at a, you know, at a place where you um, actually have to, you're outside a lot and you're not, you know, um, fish, go walking on trails, play around in the woods and stuff. With nature. Yeah. <laughs> you're not like, you know, this, this isn't like, you shouldn't have a city within you know, a certain amount, a few miles from you or whatever. This You should drive deep into the woods of the mountains or whatever and camp. The word camping to me means a tent and a sleeping bag and a propane little, you know, thing to cook, cook. a griddle and a, and a charcoal grill. Like, that's what camping means to me. So this doesn't sound like camping to me. I mean, riding around in a, in a 50-foot, million-dollar RV or a... Chef-prepared meals. Or, or I would maybe, maybe give you camping in a pop-up tent. Maybe. But any, anything that has a motor in it that you're sleeping in, that's not camping. That ain't camping. I do want to do this, though. If I were really rich, which I'm not, <laughs> but if I were really rich, well, I think I need to be wealthy to pull this off. I want to go buy a prison that has been closed, and I want to open this prison up as a resort. But I want you to have a prison experience, and I want you to – so if you're really rich and you steal this idea, I'm going to come find you, and I'm going to – do I don't think anybody you. will do yeah. that. Don't but worry. Want, no, no, no. Dude, If uh, just imagine going by in a big old prison and turning it into a resort where in the middle of the resort you got this really nice pool, but we have strict orders. Like at midnight, it's lights out. At this time, you got to go be put in your cell. At this time, you got to come eat. You got to eat like it's a slop hall. Like, man, <laughs> First guess is the guy from Daytona. <laughs> I am. I am kind of a crazy over some of those police shows and prison shows on TV. Do y'all watch those? No. You know what I'm talking about? Locked up or locked in or locked down? Like where, no, the prison shows where it's just people in prison. Like I get, 
I get kind of excited watching that stuff. I'm like, man, I want to go try that for a week. Why don't you go? But to, I want to go, go try. Get arrested. Yeah, there's a convenience store right up the road here. You no, want to no, go no. in there? You, this is the part you're missing out on. I want to be able to go to the pool, and I want to be able to look at my <laughs> iPhone, and I want to be able to play PUBG. Like, I want to still have some freedoms, <laughs> but I want the experience of some dude at 6 o'clock opening my cell door and going to get your ass up, so boy. So you want to get arrested without getting arrested. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. 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 Good. All I'm, right. not, I'm glad nobody likes my idea. <laughs> if you're out there listening and you are you wearing to my their prison, clothing, are you yeah, wearing you bright wear the, orange? You got to wear the. No, I ain't wearing orange. No, <laughs> I'm wearing garnet. Garnet jumpsuits for everybody. I don't believe they. Have There's got to be somebody listening to this show that thinks this is a great idea. That will you just think you and Chad could go be locked up all week. It could be your honeymoon spot. You can swim. I couldn't think of anything better. Just, hey, I'm gonna tell you what. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go. Uh, scuba diving on your honeymoon. I've seen some bad things on TV about that. What? <laughs> don't go scuba diving on your honeymoon. Do I want to know why? Nah. Just don't do it. Just don't, just do, don't it. do it. All right. Just, just like Noted. My, any advice I give you, take it. If I tell you tomorrow's Easter, go dye your eggs. <laughs> it's not bad advice, okay? If I tell you tomorrow's Thanksgiving, buy a turkey. Tomorrow's Christmas, wrap a present. Oh, you gotta, poor kids. Just All right. don't, don't not trust my advice. Noted. Sound. Coming from the guy that wants a prison hotel. <laughs> I can't help prison it. Prison resort. Man, I think it's a great idea. There's a there's a hotel in Charleston that We're used to be. talking about glamping. Hey, there, so there is a hotel in Charleston that used to be the prison. There is? Is it Charleston or Savannah? I think it's Savannah. So somebody's it's, already It's done. Savannah. Yeah. But it's a it's a hotel hotel. No, yeah, but not, they don't. I mean, it's you don't not like bars. you like have rules. It's a hotel. Like you go there yeah. and stay there for oh, fun. No, I want it to be a no, prison this experience. Is, no, this isn't bars and they drop your dinner on the floor when they drop, come like, in I want there. it to still be fun, though. Y'all are missing some of the cool parts of it. I'm not able to, obviously, They've got a pool. Works. Yeah, there's a pool. I'm trying cocktails. to figure out what cool parts of prison I want to deal with. <laughs> yeah. I did a live tour. I did a tour five years ago with, at San Quentin with Stevie Reeves. Stevie Reeves is friends. I don't know if we can yeah. tell the story on the show. We'll tell it anyway. Stevie Reeves is really good buddies with prison guards at San Quentin. I don't know how I got to be buddies with them. Stevie Reeves raced. He raced IndyCar. He raced Xfinity Series. He now spots for Paul Menard. Okay, great dude. So he comes to me. He goes, hey, man, we're doing a prison tour at San Quentin. I said, hey, hey, dude, there's people there. And like Alcatraz, there's nobody there. He's like, yeah, I know there's people there. And I was like, what kind of prison tour? So he tells me, and I'm like, man, this sounds really cool. So we get there. Sign your waiver. Walk through a gate, closes behind you. Walk through another gate, closes behind you. Walk through a gate, and now you're in a holding cell, and they basically come out there with this waiver, and they literally tell you verbally. They're not going to barter we, for you. If you get captured, if you get taken hostage, we will not give these guys so much as a pizza pizza to get you back. You're, we're going to try to get you back, but we're not going to give them anything because we can't give them the opportunity in their heads to think they will ever have leverage on us. So you're like, wow. And then they look at my buddy Joel, who now spots for Amarola. Back then it was Biffle, and they go, hey, Joel, you got on the wrong color sweatshirt. We can't tell you from the prisoners. So if a riot or something breaks out, man, I'm sorry, we're going to lock you right up with them, and we're going to tackle you and throw grenades and shoot you with fake pellets, BBs, or whatever. So he had to go change shirts. <laughs> we went in this prison, blown away. I mean, like, one of the coolest experiences. Obviously, there's people in there that are idiots. And I hate to say the word cool in this context, but just blown away with the whole aspect of it. So maybe I'm just caught up in this whole prison thing a little bit too much. I didn't realize they bit. give tours in prison. But, well, it's not a tour. <laughs> it's not a tour. Like, it's a... Uh, we were... We were, I guess, an exception. Yeah. Oh, we went everywhere. I think they do tours. We we went. I went in death row. I mean, I we think walked they into do death tours. Row yeah, they do tours. I think it was big. 
we were we were being mooed at like cows. Yeah. So we crossed across the yard, and we we're walking across the yard, and they're mooing at us because we're being herded up. They're going mmm, <laughs> mmm. So this is the other part. This and you're like, I ain't saying nothing. I ain't saying nothing. Walk into level three prison, and there's a dude right beside of my head. They told us when we walked in. They say you have to walk really close to the first level, and I, of course, being me, said why. Well, people on the second and third level will throw things at you. And I'm like, well, like, what's in their cell? And they said, no, 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 they'll throw body fluids at you. And I'm like, like, but their body <laughs> fluids? They're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, so I'll walk really close to the bottom level. <laughs> this dude is sitting here screaming in my ear because we had to stop because something happened. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I looked at him. I said, man, God bless you. He said, where's Danica Patrick? <laughs> Is she on this tour with y'all? Because they had heard that NASCAR people were coming in. So, uh, oh, good. I was like, man, I'm, I'm really sorry, but she ain't here. That's and he, he immediately turned normal. He is screaming in my ear like he's starting to freak me out a little bit. <laughs> Did you tell Danica that? No, I don't know Danica. But anyway, I don't blame him. Though. That's who I'd ask. Oh, too. that's hilarious. <laughs> All right, ask DBC. Wow, I don't know how we started talking about that. Um, Junior Nation, Nation Forever asks, do you think stage racing needs to be taken out of plate races? The average number of lead lap cars at the end of plate races from 2017 until now is 16. And from 2013 to 2016, it was 26. That's interesting, actually. Did, did this guy do this research, or did he read this stat? Hang somewhere? on a minute. Average number of lead lap cars in the race... Casey sucked at reading that question. Is that what you're saying? You haven't reread it. Do I need I, to I don't like it? are these official numbers? I didn't double check, but Chad, God, what I'm are sorry. you doing? This well, could be completely I inaccurate. I don't know, like let's just assume they're true. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. He's saying, Do you think stage racing needs to be taken out of plate races? That's his question. And then he gave you stats backing up why he's asking the question. I don't think stage racing had anything to do with Saturday night. I don't. I don't. I think we saw a guy that was maybe a little more confident than he should have been um, trying to make something happen. I don't know if it's stages. I think it's more of the playoffs, you know, which, I mean, I guess it comes back to the stages a little bit, but they, I can promise you he was thinking win. I'm going to tell you what this guy's smart about is this race had nothing to do with stages because we didn't have to pit no. during these stages. And the other plate races that we run – we have we to pit because well, the, Talladega got a pit. Daytona, you don't. Five hundred, you do. Did they? Oh, it's longer. Five because a four hundred mile race at Daytona, you don't have to. pit. This is the only plate race we run all year where you don't have to pit during a stage. Yeah. So we can't have our own strategies already made up before the race starts. So yeah, we only had to run forty checker. laps. Yep. We only had to run forty laps. So we're literally racing the length of the stage. We do know when the caution is going to fall. But there's not that time for us to get really split up and create that separation. So um, I think, and I'll say this, I've said this on the show before, I think we need stages in plate races, but we don't need to stop the show for them. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel. Yeah, it was actually. I have a feeling that sometimes the show is going to stop itself coming to the checkered. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't mind stopping it. I don't mind. I guess it's something you guys wanted. Everyone wanted the. They didn't like us riding up by the wall, single file, chilled out at some points in the race. This stops all that. So, what, which one do you want? You know, do you want a bunch of guys kind of chilling, trying to make it into the race, or you you want guys going for it, trying to get some stage points? So, so it had no real impact, really. At least for this. Uh, no, we don't have to pit. Yeah. 
Larry Burns asks, if NASCAR will take away Justin Haley's win, <laughs> why can't they take a win away from a car that is deemed illegal? That's a good question. Yeah. I ask this a lot, actually. Oh, they can. They can do whatever they want. Oh, man. I don't know. It's hard, though. How do you... It's hard to... You win the race. You do your celebration. You go right to victory lane. A lot of this stuff, they don't find until... It it would take a while. So... Aaron calls me every week during the podcast. It's like she doesn't know I'm doing a podcast. She calls, look, Aaron's extra. Aaron, we're doing the podcast. I'll call you later. Thanks for calling it like you do every Monday. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I don't know. I mean, Tell is there. Hi. Maybe if we did a, maybe if we did the podium thing, it would give the, it would give the series long enough to go back and, you know, maybe run, maybe give them enough time to, to run these cars through the, through certain things they want to do. I don't know. It's I think tough to T- do. TJ and I have both been on the show before, uh, not happy with guys who have won, who have kept their win because they were illegal. Uh, guys who have won $100,000 Xfinity races, guys who have won, you know, cup races, you know, so I I have to agree as a fan that Larry is, is onto something. We don't need guys winning that aren't legal and they have to figure out like we talked about a few weeks on this show, you have some options, you know, either do less tech post race or, or do something immediately that if you clear that you're the winner, no matter what, like, um, it, we just can't get to the point to where we're questioning the integrity of the win. Yeah. And, and I don't think that's positive. And I think with, with the win at, at Daytona, Justin Haley won the race, but he made a move that was illegal and he was kicked out of the, the, the winner's circle. And, and it was the right thing to do for the integrity of the sport. If we don't make that call, whoo! Thank goodness they did. You know. Yeah, and I think it's frustrating to see somebody like some a multiple winner, somebody like uh, you know, say Kyle were to win next week, finds out his car is too low after and gets you know doesn't get credit for the win for playoff stuff, but still gets the win. I mean, really. I yeah. mean, it's tough, and that's happened. Yeah, that's happened a lot. But yeah, it, he's, it's really, he's not. It's always easy for for us. You know, me and TJ call it couch racing because now we're sitting on the couch and we're watching racing or going back and talking about the race. It's really easy after the fact of most sporting events to to be able to make the right call. It's really hard in the middle and and at the time, you know, and and I think you have to be prepared for scenarios and they were prepared for this scenario. And I think they have to now get prepared for these post-race scenarios where guys aren't legal and they got to figure out how they're going to handle it. So you go back to potentially doing like some sort of inspection before victory lane or whatever, like to make it legal and make it fair. Does, yeah. Don't they do that for the pole award? Like after qualifying, the car has to go through inspection and then go out and it's like really deemed. It's tough though, because our sport, you, they drive the car to victory lane. Yeah, totally different. So I know hypothetically, but I know like if, if you watch world of outlaws race, they drive the car, they go to the scales first right and then away. they're done. Yeah. But there's a process. Yeah. There is a process, but it's theirs is really quick. Ours would take some time to go in there and put it on the sticks, you know, and um, it would take a little bit. I'm not. I, just, I don't hard, know. It's hard for us to, to me. Off. To me, we just need to make the penalty more severe. If you start making these penalties more severe, they're going to quit doing it. You know, you're going to make sure your car's right. You know, well, I don't know what severe is though. Yeah, I know. Well, we got to get to the point where. It's it's bad enough where you don't want to chance it, where you know you're going to try to make your stuff right. 
I mean, so, I, I, without suspending the driver, which we all know that's ludicrous. I mean, you can't suspend the guy that's attracting the sponsorship and is the talent, you know, no. to go out and, and get, you know, me to come sub for him. Like, what about lose? What about loser? You can't qualify the next week and you get last pick, so, uh, pit, pick of the pit or something. I mean, I'd, I'd give up a win for that, though. I'd take a win to be kicked out of qualifying the next week. What about you got a pit coming to the green? I'd still take a win. What about you start a lap down? Still take a win. What about you? Start- I'm going to be in the winner's circle <laughs> on TV. <laughs> no matter kissing what. Kissing the girl, getting the trophy. I mean, I'm, I'm a winner in the record books. So I don't care what I you mean, do. I mean, I know, but, but I mean, I'm just saying. What, I mean, I get what you're yeah. saying, but I don't know what the penalty it's is. Tough. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's Very hard. Very interesting. It's just so hard because all our victory stuff so fast right afterwards yeah i mean you want your tv audience and your live audience yeah. to be able to enjoy that part of it yeah you know they want but to you see also the on tuesday don't want to hear that the guy that you watch win was too low or too this or too that i mean all the yeah. photos like all the sponsors what they do following the win it just it, i mean they're all waiting for the driver to get out of the car that's the camera yeah. you know what i mean but yeah. maybe now with the interview on the front stretch they can maybe now they don't necessarily need the guy in victory lane to do that i don't know there's but oh well Nat zero zero one two three asks, has Clint Boyer ever contemplated doing dirt bike stunts like Evil Knievel? He did. Style? Didn't yeah. you see the last Didn't time he, he that rode that one? Supercross. He did do a stunt. Yeah, that Go- was Google hilarious. Clint Boyer Atlanta motorcycle. Yeah, I'm sure something. I was will there. Come up. It was hilarious. And ask uh, yourself, did he lift? <laughs> they had a whole no. shot contest between a bunch of guys that like to ride dirt bikes. Yeah, it's like uh, Ricky Stenhouse, Ricky. Greg Biffle, who was a yeah. maniac, Clint. And Clint was yeah. bound and determined to win this whole shot. And he won the whole shot contest. He also won all the way to the wall, <laughs> he too. He, he, almost almost, the wall. he almost almost broke his neck. I was like, well, this was real fun. I'm glad I came to watch this guy. Right before the race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't going to lose that one. Oh, that Clint's crazy, man. He's a fun dude. He's awesome. Anything you guys want to rant about? No, I'm in a great mood other than y'all don't like my prison idea. What about Aaron? You're not mad at Aaron? No, I'm not mad. I still That's understand why rant. she can't figure out that every Monday between 9.30, I mean, approximately 11, I'm on the podcast. She's so nice. Because I'm on Aaron. And when I call her back, here's what I say. Hey, Aaron, I was doing my podcast <laughs> just like I was last uh, 72 Mondays you called. Jeez. <laughs> Aaron, this is your warning. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. Thanks for the appearance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> she did. That was her. Laugh it off. Uh, let's see here. I have my pick already. I can't wow. Believe I, won. I can't believe I won again. I know. Wow, I was that's the, a, right that's after like, Joey wrecked, the first thing I thought of was, wow, Carson was way off. Yeah. Mm. She was very uh, confident. That it was, you mean when everybody wrecked <laughs> yeah. right there? You realize that was from second place back. I know. It was horrible. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, let me go with Alex Bowman. Damn, that's who I was going to pick. Yep. You just stole my pick. Dang it. Today, man. Come on. Let's go. I know. Whoa, I gotta, the I tables have up. turned. How many races are left before the chase starts, Jason? Seven? Uh, eight. Eight. <laughs> man, Dude, we are. I would love to pick Ricky Crashhouse. I'm at Stenhouse, but he's, bless his heart, I'm going to have to hold off on him. I don't know what I'm holding off for. I'm going to go with Paul Menard. Right. Next week, I'm we, going to have uh, holy Timmy cow. Hill. He's going to be my guy. I'm getting low on picks. <laughs> uh, we are running out. Yeah, it's going to be rough by the end. It is. But resets for the playoffs, so 
Yeah. I'm thinking maybe we should reset a few weeks before the playoffs. Tomorrow <laughs> being aggressive. Yeah. You're going to pick who's, people that aren't even racing? Who the hell is Finchum? Finchum. Finchum. Chad. Chad, yeah. Chad Finchum. Chad he runs Xfinity. Oh. Okay. When's Matt Kansas' first race back so I can pick the- <laughs> <laughs> Is it this Holy weekend? Holy cow. Is it Kentucky? No. Uh, Sorry, well, is it? Had, yeah. I think, yeah, this yeah. weekend. Yeah. I still ain't picking him. <laughs> it's not happening. Well. Gone. Gillen. Gillen. Golding. <laughs> the G's. Hemrick yeah. Hill. I mean, we are really going to be picking some Kenningtons and some Hills here soon. Yeah. Thank goodness our buddy keeps up with this too. You for still us. have some good ones. I mean, you got, you Brett's got list Suarez. is solid. TJ's is How? <laughs> out. Sorry. All, we have like almost all the same people. No. He has yeah. McMurray and Menard, which is using Menard, yeah. and he has Stenhouse. That's the only mm-hmm. difference. Yeah. Mm. Really? Oh, I mean, well. that's a solid list. You're gonna see. He's got Almondinger. Well, I saw Suarez on there. <laughs> Let me just tell you, he's going to pick Almendinger at the Glen. <laughs> I may say, hey, really? I may save Almendinger for the Robo. You didn't think about that? Well, you'll, it'll be reset by the Robo, so you'll it's have okay. that. Oh, that's a shape oh, playoff. true. Yeah. yeah. Oh, true. you didn't think about that either, did you? Well, I just <laughs> thought about the Robo two, two seconds ago, so it's on going, the fly. I'll go on Brendan We're gone. testing the Robo for the next two weeks for all you people I'll out there, there who want to know going? what TJ and I are going to be doing. We're going to be uh, – I'm not I, at this one. I'm not at this one either. I'm at the next one. So this Tuesday – they're taking half the field to test the Roval. And then next Tuesday, they're taking the other half of the field to test the Roval. I've only seen it from the air and obviously from the spotter stand, uh, the construction of it. So, But it looks really cool taking in, taking off in and out of Concord. It looks, it looks fun. I'm excited. Yeah, the track uh, actually invited like sponsors and everybody out, so I'll be there next Tuesday. It seems yeah. like a challenging race course. Yeah. Y'all so. go home, watch some Andy Griffith. <laughs> it's not Griffin like me. It's Griffith. Yeah, y- y'all. You're not related. No. Mm. Well, you guys have fun in Kentucky. You're not coming? No. Where are you midget racing? Midget racing. Uh, but where? I'll be in New Hampshire. Where are you staying in New Hampshire? Uh, Manchester. I'm sorry. By the airport? Where do you stay? Last time I stayed at Mills Falls, and it was gorgeous. I have never even heard of I'm that. I'm excited to go to Mattresses to see the lobster and go hiking. Lobster mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Gross. Track. It's disgusting. The weather's usually great up there. It is. Yeah. Just like Kentucky. Yeah. If you Kentucky, live if you live up there in the northeast great. and you haven't been to Mills Falls, New Hampshire, it's I've never been there. Beautiful. It, or it, the racetrack. Yeah. That's usually a true. lot of racing yeah. going on up there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Xfinity Cup. We got they normally have the modifies there. Is I don't know modified? if they are. Yeah. Tractors, pigs, yeah. they race everything up there. Yeah. They'll race everything. There'll be like 19 series up there. You can literally go there on a Thursday night and know you're waking up Friday morning to some sort of car on the track. And, and you're going to see death as a spotter. Because you're like, oh, yeah, God, yeah. is that my car out there? <laughs> and then it you start true. checking your when you hear motors, <laughs> If you hear a motor and you're not, you're like, oh, oh. At Daytona, they ran that NBC car right like before practice or something. And we heard that car go by and everyone's like, Looking at their schedules, like, what was that? What was <laughs> that? Who was that? And we're yeah, on the who's rolling? Yeah. It'll freak uh, you out. It does. Well. But, uh, oh, well. Well, you guys, good luck this weekend. Thanks. You too. Have fun in Kentucky. Have a yeah. good show Thank sheet, you. dog. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Yeah. Time. How many weeks you been doing this? A lot of weeks. By the time you got a good one out I know, there. finally. Good show sheet. Took a while. Barney Fife looking compliment? producer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just paid him a great compliment. Do we need to record this? I'll write it down. Make it out of it. He did a great right. show sheet. Yes. About time. I just told him, good job, you. Yeah. Oh, Thanks. pat on the back there. Yes. Good job, you Barney Fife looking producer. Thank you. What is a sad sack? I am not sure what a sad sack is. Your hair is similar. It is. Okay. Your hair is similar. I'll up now. I'll, t- I'll let you know next week. Barney Fife rarely has a hair out of place yep. when his hat's off. 
We're out. All right. Thanks to one man in Exalta. We go. Holla. We out. Have a good week. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear, brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliott Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.